Hello to all our disrupting HR listeners and welcome to episode four. Can you believe we're at episode four today, Steve? No, I can't. And uh, three of them have been me. That's pretty, that's desperate. Uh, Two by one. Two by one, yeah. So before we get started today, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land I'm on, the Wujak Noongar people. I'd like to pay my respects to Elders past, present and future and extend that respect to all Indigenous peoples in our audience. So in our last episode, we discussed workplace bullying, which will continue to be an ongoing conversation and something I can guarantee we will circle back to. But today, Steve and I will be talking about leadership development. So when thinking about a leader and in the simplest terms, I think about someone who shapes the culture and strategy of an organisation, someone who motivates and inspires others to perform and achieve desired outcomes. Is this something you agree with, Steve, or something you can expand on? Uh, I think... Uh, to some extent, I'll agree with that uh, for sure, uh, Taylor. One of the things I want to talk about a little bit later in this uh, podcast is is perhaps the difference between uh, all the actual complementarity of uh, leaders and managers because I think what's happened in recent years is that uh, they have become uh, separated. Uh, and uh, I think it's very important in the future when we look to uh, the issue of developing leaders we should really think about it as developing leader managers or manager leaders. Uh, the two roles are, uh, are really, I think, very much complementary. We can't have good leaders unless they are able to manage, and uh, good managers also have to have many aspects of their role, which is, uh, which is about leadership. So uh, although we might want to separate a leader uh, in terms of what makes a leader from managers, I think the two are very much connected. So what do you think are some of the issues with leadership development today? Uh, well, there, I think there are two aspects to the answer to this question. One is uh, the so-called leadership development industry. One of the things we know about leadership development as an industry is it's a multi-billion dollar global industry. Uh, but has it really changed anything about leadership as such? Uh, in other words, have leaders uh, become any better as a consequence of the multi-billions of dollars that have been spent on developing leaders? A recent book by an American uh, management thinker, Jeffrey Pfeffer, uh, which is called Leadership BS. In that book, he argues that essentially what's happened uh, with the uh, global industry of, uh, of leadership development is that there's nothing really that's changed. People get to the top, uh, and those people are often uh, um, uh, not the kind of leaders that we might think should be leading uh, organisations or indeed uh, countries. I think, secondly, there are too many, uh, if I could call them uh, Pollyannas, uh, delivering what they think is uh, leadership or leader development. So there's a lot of focusing on self-awareness, on self-reflection, and none of that really has made any difference to many managers who probably are too busy thinking about uh, trying to build successful organisations than they are about uh, focusing on being uh, self-aware. So many of much of that, I think, is a little too abstract, too removed from where leadership takes place, which is actually, and this is a phrase from Jeffrey Pfeffer, he says that leadership should be looked at in the real rather than in the abstract. Leadership is something that is done it is something not necessarily that's, uh, that's thought about uh, and applied. Uh, if I could go on, uh, LinkedIn uh, is, is full of gurus that offer leader development or leadership development, leadership coaching and so on, uh, and many of uh, whom I would suggest have never actually led much uh, in their lives. Uh, and I'm not sure what their credentials are to offer this kind of advice. And that suggests to me that uh, getting into this um, uh, leadership development uh, industry uh, is not particularly uh, difficult 
uh, and often there are many people uh, who are offering services uh, in that space, and I'm not quite sure uh, what that does to help uh, the development uh, of leaders generally. So we all know that leaders need to be able to communicate, think, think strategically, and many of the things that uh, you said earlier, Taylor, but uh, this is hardly innovative thinking in the leader development uh, area. And I think of particular concern uh, in uh, business schools is that there are a lot of academics who teach leadership, but we're really unsure of what exactly are they teaching uh, and what are they teaching students about leadership that would make those students better or effective leaders in the future. So there are a whole bundle of things there I, I, I've mentioned about the actual issue of leadership development and how currently it's, it's offered. But there's also, uh, if I can say one more thing in relation to this question, the issue of what organisations themselves are actually doing in the area of leadership and leader development. There are many organisations in our part of the world here in Western Australia that don't have any structured leadership development uh, at all, let alone uh, think uh, strategically about how they can start to put those processes in place. So I think there are uh, problems overall in terms of this whole idea of what it is to develop leaders and to develop leadership. Do you think a lot of that now is driven by what we actually require from a leader? We're in an environment where it's increasingly volatile, it's changing. Do you think the leaders we used to have are now different from the leaders today and training and developing them is different? Uh, it it certainly, um, certainly needs to be different. Um, I think that uh, uh, whether the... Uh, uh, it, one of the things that I saw recently was uh, uh, two things, actually, two articles. There was uh, an article by somebody who was writing about something called mindful leadership. And then there was another article by somebody called uh, The Benefits of Quiet Leadership. And uh, other than sit there and uh, roll my eyes, I was wondering what exactly are these things about? I mean, uh, you know, they, they seem to me to be entirely meaningless concepts, uh, just uh, adding something, putting something in front of leaders and leadership uh, to create what people believe is a new idea. And the problem is that what we've done is become obsessed with the idea of leadership. And we've, if I can go back to the earlier comment I made, we've forgotten about the importance of management. Uh, management ultimately uh, is about getting things done. And we get things done partly through having some of those qualities that people associate with leadership, good communication, uh, building relationships with our team, and, and so on. Uh, Henry Mintzberg, if I can mention him, another management guru from Canada, has been writing on what managers do for many, many years. And he said that one of the problems in the last 20, 30 years is that leadership has pushed management aside. It's pushed management off the map. But his view, which is what I share, is that, again, the two are complementary. Uh, we don't have leaders here and managers there and somehow they're separate. We have to have leader managers or manager leaders and we have to bring those two back together again, which I think is a fundamental element of how we should start to rethink the way in which we develop uh, leaders and undertake leadership development. So is that ultimately your view on the connection between leadership and management? Uh, it is. It's my... Uh, we. Uh, 30 plus years ago, when I was uh, in the early stages of my um, corporate career in telecommunications, uh, I was involved in the development of three levels of uh, management and leadership development. And each of those levels was basically called uh, a manager leader forum, one, two, and three. 
and then we were basically developing the manager leader uh, and that has got lost and we need to bring back the technical aspects of management uh, and connect them to, um, if you like, quote unquote, the artistic elements of leadership. The two cannot be separated and, uh, and it allows, I think, a sort of opening, a space for anybody out there to suddenly put themselves forward as a, a leadership guru, uh, offering um, really much ado about nothing, uh, to be honest. And uh, HR people in particular who have responsibility for leader and leadership development in organisations are the ones who really need to grab the bull by the horns and start to think much more seriously and strategically about leader development. So how should we reboot leader management development to make it more effective and create value? Uh, Well, uh, I've got a a five-step process here (laughs) of of five key aspects which I think are important um, to think about in terms of doing real leader management development. Uh, The first thing, the starting place for any leader development, uh, and and if I could just say, one of the the questions I think you were going to ask me was, uh, what's the difference between leader development and leadership development? And uh, that's a great question. Uh, And uh, in my view, the issue really is about leader development. How do we develop people as leaders rather than how do we develop this kind of abstract concept of leadership? And so we need to work with people uh, very specifically, and I'll get to that in a second, in terms of developing them as leaders. But before we get there, one of the first things, of course, the first base for any leader development, leader manager development in organisations, is to understand the business or the organisation that we're in. So we have to make sure that uh, from an HR perspective, a human resource uh, professional's perspective, We need to ensure uh, that we know what is our business, what are its uh, strategies, what are its objectives, what are are its goals. Only then can we start to think, okay, in the context of what we're trying to do as an organisation, and this organisation could be not-for-profit, for-profit, public sector, in the context of uh, what our our organisation exists to do, what kind of strengths do we need in our leader managers? Uh, And so we have to conduct a leader audit. Uh, an audit of the people in our organisation, look at their strengths, understand what their strengths are as leader managers in relation to what it is they have to do as leader managers uh, in the organisation. So we have to understand their capabilities and we have to ensure as far as possible that they are aligned with what the organisation is attempting to do. Now, one of the issues with this, of course, is that it's, it's something that takes effort Uh, And it takes a particular kind of HR person to be able to do that because the HR person has to know what the business is about. And as a consequence of that, they can then make some sensible and and professional judgments about the kinds of capabilities that are required in order for the organisation to achieve that in its leaders and managers. We also have to find a way in the context of the first point of connecting leader managers with each other. How do we get leader managers across an organisation sharing their experiences. Uh, We know that there are some organisations, for example, the RAC here in Western Australia that runs its leadership labs, where it gets leaders across the organisation involved in sharing their experience of being a leader in different parts of the organisation. There's a very simple idea, but it's a very powerful idea because people are are talking uh, to each other as manager leaders, leader managers, about their successes and failures. This is a very powerful 
uh, an important thing to do. And most importantly, it's not abstract uh, development. It's developing people based on their experiences as leader managers uh, in an organisation. And we also have to be able, from an HR perspective again, to try to understand what capabilities do we need in our leader managers in the future? How is the world changing? How will that affect our business and organisation? And how can we prepare our leaders and managers in terms of their strengths and capabilities uh, for, for the future? And that's just the first point of my five key aspects for developing wow. leaders. So I'm, I'm wondering whether you want to, longer, uh, perhaps you want to, do you want to interrupt and, and ask me a question now or shall I just I think you should just carry on. on. Yeah, okay. Stick or, with us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I'll try not. Yeah. Uh, so the second point, uh, leader managers in organisations now are diverse. And what I mean by that, of course, is it should be pretty obvious. They're diverse by age by gender, by ethnicity. They're diverse by context. Different uh, industries and sectors, of course, will require different kinds of leaders. And leaders, leader managers are also diverse just in terms of their predispositions, if you like, their you know, personality characteristics and so on. So in terms of developing leaders, one size doesn't fit all. And this is really very important. The idea that we take all of our leaders off-site, leader managers off-site for some development over four or five days and hope to God that this will be transferred back into the organisation, of course, is just, that is just, uh, again, industrial thinking. It's just not uh, the kind of thing that we should be doing. So we need to develop our leader managers in a very customised way, depending on uh, and related to the diversity in our group of leader managers. As I've mentioned earlier, we need, because leader leaders and leader managers are so diverse, we need ways of bringing them together. So we need the leader labs, we need platforms and forums to ensure that they come together to discuss their issues and problems. And in doing that, they can cross those diversity lines. You know, we can get people who are in their uh, you know, mid-30s talking to leader managers who are in their early 60s about, um, uh, about issues and they can develop some commonality there. Why do you think leadership developed development has ever been approached from a one-size-fits-all manner? Is it because it's appeared to be more cost-effective or organisations have just been lazy? Um, I think, yeah, both of those. Um, I think also there's, like many other things in HR uh, thinking, it's still, there's still legacy thinking. There's still a kind of industrialised industrial thinking about uh, leader uh, managers and what they do, and it's uh, it's the same in any uh, many other parts of the HR system. I think previously we talked about performance appraisal and performance management, and how that was also often stuck in the past—a uh, a sort of system or an approach or processes which really don't fit the way the world is now. So, uh, I think certainly cost effectiveness uh, is also an issue. Uh, obviously, the more customized we put together these plans, the more individualized they are, the more costly it is. But technology is already available, uh, such that we can use um, technology on a, on a mobile technology in order to have uh, leader managers have their own coach in their pocket without having a, a human being. You know, there are, there are, there are certainly technology available to enable that to happen. Uh, and, uh, to your other point, which is, uh, well, I've, I've forgotten, actually. Laziness. Laziness. <laughs> uh, you, uh, and are you referring to HR, laziness am amongst HR people to put these things together? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure it's laziness. I, th I think it's competence, frankly. I just don't think there are enough uh, people uh, 
uh, HR professionals out there who perhaps have the ability to develop uh, meaningful, innovative, creative leader development. Uh, I'm sorry to say that. Uh, and or secondly, they don't have the legitimacy within the organisation, which is partly related to the first point I've made. In other words, their bosses, CEOs and so on, don't see them as having uh, the legitimacy to actually do this uh, kind of work um, perhaps well. And this is the problem. You know, We need highly competent, strong HR managers, executives, professionals who understand what leader management development is uh, and can actually sell that um, to uh, to the leadership group in their organisation. Very important. Okay. Okay, point number three. Point number three. Uh, step number three. Step number three. One of the issues in, uh, in leader development and one of the issues in training and development historically in HR, of course, has been the transferability of the uh, development that we do. Uh, to what extent is the work that we do with leaders, perhaps if we take them off site for a few days, to what extent is what we do there transferable back into the organisation to help them lead better? And uh, and so the, the issue often revolves around the return on investment. And uh, clearly, most people at the top of organisations, CEOs, CFOs, COOs, are always going to be interested in what's the return on investment doing anything. And HR people have been very poor at being able to indicate what the return on investment is for leader development. And that's because the kind of leader development that's often been done, which again is this off-site type work, uh, is simply not transferable to the workplace. So we have to create leader-manager development, which is based around the kinds of problems and issues that those leader managers have in organisations. And we have to look at creating value, which is going beyond just a return on investment in a financial uh, aspect. We have to look at how leader-manager uh, development relates to the building of a particular kind of organisational culture. We have to think about it in terms of uh, how we can extract uh, the value of things like diversity and so on for an organisation. Now, all of those things can be evaluated and we can put a financial number on those. But first of all, we have to get beyond simply the language of return on investment and we have to make sure that when we are creating value through leader development, we create value by focusing on the problems and issues that leaders and managers have to confront in the real world, uh, not some abstract idea about what we think leaders and leadership development is. So we have to identify what problems and issues do we have in this organisation, how can we develop our leaders uh, in relation to resolving uh, some of those problems. Okay, so shall I go to four? Yes, let's do it. All right, four is uh, just uh, probably to emphasise what I've just said, develop leaders with the context in mind. Uh, so all contexts in which leader managers operate are different. Uh, and as I've already mentioned, they could be in a for-profit organisation, they could be in a small, medium-sized business or a multinational, they could be in the not-for-profit sector, government sector and so on. So we need to understand very clearly the context of that organisation and what strengths and capabilities are specifically required now and in the future in relation to that context. Uh, and that simply goes back to the point we mentioned earlier, which is leader development, leader manager development is not generic, cannot be generic, it has to be customised. We can customise and individualise leader development and leader manager development relatively inexpensively because there is technology available but we have to think through in a very strategic way how we're actually going to do that. 
Um, and generic leader manager development uh, is often, and one of the, I think, things that organizations should absolutely not do is put their leader manager development out to consultancies and, and to other people to deliver for them. Uh, if we're going to have leader manager development, which is focused on the context, the people who deliver it and the people who strategize about it have to be in that context. So we have to co-create as HR professionals. We have to co-create the best leader management development with the leader managers in the organization. We have to know what their problems are. We have to know what their objectives and goals are. We have to understand that in relation to their capabilities and strengths. And we have to do that development internally. As soon as we start to go to external consultants to do our leader manager development, we lose control of it and the context becomes irrelevant. And that is no good. So a little bit more expensive, uh, but most importantly, what it requires is HR professionals who love the idea of doing leader manager development and have the skills, the capabilities, and the confidence to do it well to create value for the organization. Finally, <laughs> uh, and this is something also I'm, I'm kind of, I've spent kind of many years working in situations where uh, organizations just haven't had a structure for leader manager progression. And this is vitally important. Uh, I know of many organizations throughout my career who give no strategic thought to leader manager development. Uh, they have uh, very little idea that it's very important to have structured uh, leadership management development at very different levels of an organization. We also need to know, and I'm sure we do, that leadership and leader management takes place uh, at every level of an organization. Uh, so we cannot generically say that somebody who's in a junior leader manager position uh, needs the same thing as somebody who's at the very top of an organization. So we have to understand what is required at different levels of an organization, and we have to put in uh, appropriate development processes in order to ensure that that structured program of development uh, takes place effectively uh, through an organization. So here it's about understanding leading and managing, not only in the context of a particular industry, but also in the different levels uh, at which leading and managing takes place uh, in, a, in an organization. So unless we focus on the specific experiences that leader managers have at different levels of an organization, what their problems are, what the business issues are for them, and so on, we're always going to be giving them generic, what we think are generic skills to be a better leader, but they won't fit the context in which they're in. So ultimately, we need innovative, creative, very competent, entirely relevant, value-creating HR professionals who are able to do this kind of work. Thank you, Steve. A very informative uh, episode today around leadership development and evidently something you're very passionate about. So thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, and thanks to all our listeners. I uh, hope you've managed to stick with us through this 23 minutes, one of our longest episodes yet. Um, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Bye.